Hello and welcome to Bellhaven Podcast. I'm your host, Brent Weber. On today's episode, we'll be listening to PSY 352, Social Psychology with Professor Nathan Smith. I hope you listen and enjoy. And continuing on with a few additional biases in social cognition. The first one, illusory correlations. That is, seeming relationships between things that are actually random. For example, every time I wash my car, it rains. Actually, I was just uh, at a conference speaking to a conference attendee I know, and he told me a very long and very convoluted story, and as it turned out, his belief was every time he bought a car, there was a major snowstorm. Because he bought a car in 1978, where there was a big snowstorm, and in 84, and in 95, and in whatever, last year, where there was a lot of snow here in Boston. So he told me this long story, and I nodded politely, and I smiled because he is a good person, and I knew the whole time we were just having illusory correlations. His buying a car actually had nothing to do with the fact that there was a big snowstorm. How could it? It makes no sense at all. But, uh, people don't often let things making sense or not get making sense get in the way of their cognitive biases. So let's look at another one, confirmation bias. Look for evidence to support our pre-existing assumptions. This is a really important bias. It's very important that you know it and understand it. Confirmation bias... Confirmation bias drives a lot of things. I think that uh, racism and prejudice are heavily influenced by confirmation bias. If you think something about a particular group of people, whenever you see somebody in that group doing that thing, you're going to confirm what you thought before. And the opposite of this is that you will ignore, um, you'll ignore information that goes in the other direction. For example, uh, there's a stereotype, um, there's a stereotype that uh, people of Asian descent are bad drivers. That's a, stereo, a racially based stereotype that is commonly understood. Now the way confirmation bias would work in this situation is whenever you see someone who is Asian driving and they do something bad or something you don't like, in your head you go, well, you know the stereotype about Asian people being bad drivers. Now, the uh, reason why this stands out to you is that uh, you're, you're confirming the biases you already have. In reality, you might be driving around Asian people all the time, and when they just kind of drive normally, you don't notice. Why would you? So, um, if you were being fair about all of the information, you might say, well, I drive around Asian people all the time, and 99% of the time, they're just as good drivers as everyone else. But uh, once in a while, somebody does something that's a little bit funny. So this is how confirmation bias works. Um, 
And you can take that example of a racial prejudice and apply it to all kinds of different things. Um, that's a fairly innocuous one. And by the way, uh, I don't believe Asian people are bad drivers. Have, it's funny when you live in Asia, uh, that really isn't something that you notice. Uh, there's just good drivers and bad drivers, and it doesn't race or gender or what have you doesn't have anything to do with it. So, overall these biases can sometimes be helpful and other times can lead to errors in social perception. When we think about racism and prejudice, we think about errors. Yeah, so looking at the next slide, bounded rationality and a Christian view. Our social perceptions are influenced by conflicting motives. For example, sometimes we perceive in a certain way in order to enhance our self-esteem. Uh, this is another interesting one to think about in terms of um, in-group and out-group. Uh, that is, when you think about groups that you are in, uh, you might tend to give them the benefit of the doubt. Bellhaven students are especially smart compared to students at other local universities. That might be a, a self-serving bias uh, related to your social group and the way you perceive folks that go to other colleges in your area you might say, well, I met, you know, I've met a bunch of students from other colleges, but the Bellhaven students I met are really particularly smart, uh, and that would be a self-serving bias. So other times we are more concerned with accuracy, and to, to look at the Jessim 2005 quote, bias and accuracy can coexist. Uh, for example, some stereotypes are true. Uh, for example, uh, and, and in general these things will be for real reasons. That is, uh, there is maybe a stereotype that people who are old, uh, elderly people, are worse drivers than the average. And this may actually be true, and the reason is simply biological. As you become older, your eyesight gets worse, your hearing gets worse, your reaction time gets worse, uh, it gets slower, uh, and if you're having a harder time seeing and you have slower reaction time, uh, you might drive slower or uh, make mistakes in your decision making that make your driving more dangerous. So. Uh, biases and accuracy can coexist and they can actually be more accurate. Um, so some biases and heuristics increase accuracy. Uh, there are different levels of perception that is of a large group versus of a small group or of an individual and this may also differ in accuracy. So, to finish that thought, bounded rationality in a Christian view, the importance of accurate social perceptions for redemptive other-centeredness. 
we've gone over this concept of self-centeredness and other-centeredness. And this is another point where uh, we're using the CFR approach, we're using a Christian approach to uh, not, in this case, to look at hypotheses, but to look at interpretations of studies. And we're going to be doing that all the way through. In this case, uh, we're interpreting uh, we're interpreting what we know about bounded rationality, and we are doing that looking at it from a Christian perspective. So, for example, uh, we must discern what others need. Uh, if, if the part of the point of human life is service to others, then you need to be able to discern what others need. And how do you do this? Well, you have bounded rationality, um, but you can use many of the heuristics we've already discussed um, to uh, discern what others need so that you can better serve them. Same idea, uh, number two, can engage others in meaningful ways. And uh, this is the same idea. So if you, uh, in order to engage others in meaningful ways, you have to know something about them. And how do we know things about other people? Well, it's social perception, it's using our heuristics. In some cases, it's relying on biases uh, in order to know enough about individuals to engage them and to engage them in ways that are meaningful. So, for example, um, we'll go back onto the train platform uh, and now we'll flip the uh, flip what was happening. I uh, could have, I did not, but I could have looked over at the uh, elderly couple that was from the Midwest that obviously didn't have any idea what they're doing and I could have looked at the way they were dressed and um, the way they were looking around and said, these people need help. And I could have gone over and said, hey, how are you folks? How can I help you? Are you lost? Are you looking for something in particular? Can I point you in the right direction? And in this way, I could have kind of used, uh, used our, my fast decision-making, uh, you know, not sitting and thinking it all out, but using the quick decision-making to go out of my way to be helpful to other people who uh, obviously were looking for some kind of help. And so this is one way of interpreting uh, bounded rationality using a Christian perspective. So what's next? Uh, before watching this lecture, we've already talked about that, please complete your detailed reading. After watching this lecture, uh, check on any writing assignments that are due answer the discussion questions uh, in the online uh, message board, and take the unit quiz. And I'll give you just a second to look over these references. Uh, if you are interested in a more readable, I guess it's a very long book, but it's very readable, Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman, who is a, a Harvard guy and a uh, Nobel Prize winner in economics, is a psychologist. Uh, Thinking Fast is Slow is his book on um, these different ways of thinking, and it's 
really it's a masterpiece of social psychology. So if you find yourself interested uh, in addition to these, these uh, articles, I recommend Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman.